The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. saved us from our sins, our lives are now in God. We desire the Holy Word to order where we trod. All for Christ, yet anything for self we count as dross. We're pilgrims with a crown With our Bibles open today to the book of James, chapter number 4, we want to give you an application at the end of this series on the world. We've looked at several truths, but today we bring it down to a personal and practical application. First, a word of prayer, and then we'll begin our reading with James, chapter 4, and verse number 4. Father, we come now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for this time of preaching. I pray it would be a time of growth for the saints of God. They would fall back in love with Jesus all over again. Help us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. James chapter 4, verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, The Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace? Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so we find a closing admonition in chapter number four of James for our study on the world. We've looked at several things, but now I want to ask you to look at yourself. Hear the admonition. 
James is reflecting back on the book of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 34, where there the Bible says this, Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. I don't want the scorn of God because I myself am a scorner. I want to have grace, and therefore I want to be lowly. Admonition means gentle reproof. It means counsel against a fault, instruction in duties, caution, direction, gentle reproof from God to you and to me where the world is concerned. The reproof begins very sharply, ye adulterers and adulteresses. He is speaking then to these believers in clear terms. He could not be misunderstood. He has their attention and maybe even their ire, their anger right away. But in this passage that we read together, in verses 4 through 6, we find caution, counsel, and correction. And if received, it would turn the saints about, take them in the opposite direction, and head them back towards the Lord. He deals with their view of the world here. We have sought to give you a biblical view of the world, of its system, of its doctrine, of its spirit, of its antagonistic opposition, of its worldly, tempting, deceiving operation, of its vast organization. And with all of these thoughts and all of this truth, we should have gained a view of this world as the enemy of God and the believer. Evidently, these saints had a wrong view of the world. In verse 4, he said, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not. He's trying to straighten up their thinking, give them the right perception, and give them a proper view, a biblical and scriptural view of the world. You will only have a right view of anything as you have a proper interpretation and gain a view of that thing from the Bible. Therefore, he says three things concerning their view of the world. Number one, it involves a relationship with the world. Number two, it involved a friendship with the world. And number three, it involved being out of fellowship with the Lord. Your view of the world will either include a relationship and a friendship with the world where you are out of fellowship with God, or you will deny a friendship, you will deny a relationship with this world, and you will maintain your fellowship with God. Again to verse 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses. This is relationship. Worldliness that is marked by intimacy because it involves hidden things or those things that have stolen away one's heart for the Lord. 
1 John 2, 15-17. These believers were in spiritual adultery. Their love for the Lord had become less, yea, non-existent, and they were committing unfaithfulness of the worst kind by giving the world a place in their hearts and in their homes and therefore in their lives and refusing the Lord his rightful place. Those fleshly lusts which war against the soul in 1 Peter 2.11 and which are drawn toward the world and its things had obtained the victory in these saints' lives and they were now drawn away from God and completely in the world. It was Leonard Ravenhill who once said, When I look at the church, I find the world. And when I looked back at the world, I saw the church. In other words, he said, I look at the church and it's becoming more and more worldly. I look at the world and it's becoming more and more churchy. We see that blending of church and worldliness. We see that Laodicean spirit in this church age where you can see no difference between God's supposed crowd and the world's crowd because there is an intimacy in their hearts and they are hiding things because they are in spiritual adultery and loving this world. But he goes on to say that the friendship of the world, not only relationship, but friendship, this is that worldliness that's marked by innocence, if you will, because it just involves harmless things. But these are things that have stolen one's time away from God. I believe you'll find truth uh, to support this in 1 Corinthians six twelve. 10.23 and 8.13. The word for friendship here means a fondness. comes from a word which means dear. Is there something in your life and mine that we're fond of, that we hold dear to our hearts, yet we know it is not moving us closer to God, nor to His work, nor to living in His will for our lives? It appears harmless, but it keeps us from God divides up our time, and takes us away from the good things of God. Yes, those who are friendly with the world will soon find themselves unfriendly towards the Lord as worldly things begin to shape the way they think and feel and believe. And friendship with the world leads to a relationship or adultery with the world. And you will find yourself at enmity with God. And this is where one is out of fellowship with the Lord. Here is worldliness that is marked by insurrection. And it involves not hidden things, not harmless things, but hostile things. And these things still away not our hearts, not our time, but our purity before the Lord. 1 Corinthians 5, fornication in the church. Ephesians 5, 3-4, immorality, jesting, vulgar wit, so much we could say here. But the friendship that a believer carries on with this world is a form of enmity or hostility with God. 
We give our Lord a reason to oppose us and hold us at a distance when we become friendly with this world and its system. And he said here in verse 4, Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. On that word, whosoever, I want to say this, brethren, do not consider yourself untouchable. Don't consider yourself invincible. We are all vulnerable. Whosoever, therefore, will be, our wills are involved. We don't have to be friendly. We don't have to be fond of worldly things. Would to God we dedicate ourselves to Him again, and we'd renew that first love, that fervent love, that focused love upon our Savior and our Father. Brethren, we can choose better than this world has to offer. We can choose the best. We can choose to go with God and be pleased to dwell where He dwells and be pleased to abide in Him and walk in Him and obey Him and love Him and serve Him and worship Him. I believe the cure for worldliness is in verse number 8. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. If we'd humble ourselves before God, seek His face, draw nigh to Him, He will draw nigh to us. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.